Welcome to Chasing Possible, a podcast where I sit down with ReliQuest founder and CEO, Brian Murphy. And as we go through the story of ReliQuest history, each episode is designed to give you a look into the mindset we've relied on to make security possible. Now let's go get it. Hey, I'm DMAC. I'm ReliQuest Director of Mental Conditioning. I'm with our founder and CEO, Brian Murphy. Murph, how you doing, man? I'm great, DMAC. How are you? I'm doing really good, man. Hey, I'm excited to uh, to have uh, shoot another conversation with you, another discussion around uh, whether it's mindset. You know, today we're going to talk a lot about the history of, of ReliQuest, but uh, I'm fired up that we're back in the studio doing this. Yeah, great to be with you. Cool, man. So uh, what we're going to talk about today is this one word, this word possible, possible, right? And and today I want to just take a deep dive on it, on on why that word means so much to you. But but before we dive into that, I just want to level set with everyone kind of where we're headed. So like now that like we obviously know here at ReliQuest, we exist to make security possible, right? That's that's what we do. We make security possible. And and as we go into this season of the podcast, uh, we're going to talk a lot about the history of ReliQuest. And the reason we're going to do that is because our most downloaded episodes from last year were those was that series we did called Look Back, Look Ahead, which was where we would go back. Uh, pull out a clip from a, a previous keynote that, that you had done at P3, right? And then you would talk about um, kind of what was going on at the company at that time and then talk about like, hey, is that still applicable today? And those were our most downloaded episodes. And so, but when we really thought about that, that really makes sense that those would be the most listened to because of all the research that supports our desire, individuals' desire to find purpose and meaning in what they do. And so, uh, that that being said, meaning we all want to find uh, we all want to find purpose, right? And what we do, we all want to find uh, uh, meaning in what we do. We want to know that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. And the only way that we know that we're a part of something bigger than ourselves is that if we know where we sit on a timeline, right? So, meaning if I know the past and I know where we're headed. And I know how my role will help us get to the future. Now I can see how I'm a part of something that's bigger than myself, right? And so with that in mind, this season of the podcast, like we're going to focus on the history of ReliQuest, right? How we got here, right? To create that timeline. Um, but we all still got to understand then is not now, right? We know that. Like we started, we got to stay adaptable, right? We got to continue to evolve and take risks. We know all those things. So just wanted to level set there. Like this is kind of where we're headed, Um so with that all being said, Murph, let's go back before November 26th, 2007. All right. And the reason why we're, we're picking that specific date is because that is the date that ReliQuest uh, was officially founded, right? It officially became something. And so take us back before November 26th, 2007. Tell us two things. One, why does the word possible mean so much to you? And then walk us through some moments that led to you starting ReliQuest? Yeah, you know, man, let's go back. Um, you know, we'll start with possible. Um, it, it, it goes back and I, I heard it when I was younger. I think everything around me growing up, um, mom and dad have been married, you know, now probably 54 years, I think is the count. Um, wow. Met when they're 16 and they were just in it, man. They struggled through it. They had two kids uh, by the time they were 19 and married and, you know, driving down to South Florida to start a life with, with no money and, um, and just each other. 
And, you know, so I, I kind of grew up in possible, right? I mean, I grew up in, you know, going from a really bad neighborhood where brothers at my older brothers are eight, nine years older than me, had to walk me everywhere, you know, and, and, um, growing up in that to kind of seeing, you know, my mom and dad, you know, work and grind and, and get ahead. And so, you know, for me, possible has always been something I was chasing, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'd kind of look at my life as uh, I've always been chasing possible. You get to a point like, man, this is a great point. But you know what? I could I could do a little bit better. I think I think it's possible to get a little bit better than this. And that was in sports. That was in school. I started out uncertain as I look forward at everything. I didn't have anybody to look at and say, I want to be just like that person. Right. Yeah. Um, I just look at something. I'm like, I bet you it's possible for me to get from here to there. And then you get there and, well, okay, well, that wasn't as hard. Well, I bet you it's a little bit more possible for me to get from here to there. And that's, that's how I run the business, how I think about life um, is I want to chase possible. And so when you you brought up, you know, then is not now, I say that a lot. You can't look back. You, you cannot chase possible in the rearview mirror, mm-hmm. right? You've, you got to be looking through the windshield and you got to be challenging yourself. Well, if we got here, I bet you we can get there. I bet you we can. I bet you that's possible. So. You know, if I think back to that time in 2007, so, um, you know, that that November time frame, um, my daughter in October 22nd, she had just turned two. I had just turned 30 um, that earlier that April. Um, I was working for a group, you know, run by two guys. They're they're uh, they're great guys. And but, you know, sole practitioners basically running a lifestyle business and working for them and. I'd been going to them for, you know, probably two years of the model of like, hey, this would be, you know, that's me chasing possible. Hey, I got I got this business, you know, my area to this. I bet you it's possible to go here. And, um, you know, and they were honest. I think at the time one wanted to be in politics. The other was living a pretty good life. And probably what I was suggesting looked like a lot of work. And it is. So I understood that uh, <laughs> feedback. And, you know, what made me leap um is I think that aspiration to chase possible, you know, when you're, you're, you're not with a team, you know, the people around you are not wanting to get to that next level and they just want to keep, you know, uh, you know, going two and five on the season or going four and five and whatever world they're living in is good enough. Um, I just come from a, 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 a place that if I really want to chase possible in life and I've got a, two-year-old daughter and a wife that I love a lot and, you know, and, and I'm 30 years old, man, um, you know, I'm, I, I owe it to myself. And it really came down to, um, you know, one of those, those two individuals I'd driven up there based in Jacksonville, I'd driven up to Jacksonville and, um, you know, I was all looking forward to kind of going over this concept again of like, Hey, what we could actually go and do, um, and the day, uh, the day that I was supposed to meet with one of the partners that I didn't know that well, I'm there, you know, leave family, go out of town. And that I get a message through his other partner, like, oh, he had to go do something else. He's not going to be able to make that meeting. And I'm like, that's my answer. So I left. Um, I drove across town. My dad was still working at Florida, Detroit, Diesel and Marine uh, in uh, Jacksonville, service manager of a big diesel shop. And uh I went, I just called my dad and said, Hey, you got, you got time for lunch. And I went and bought him lunch. And I said, you know, um, I came here with a plan and somebody didn't show up for my plan. You know, didn't, they didn't show up. 
you know, they don't want to show up. Like they don't want to be a part of this. Um, and I think I got to go, I think I've got to go give this a run. And that's, that's when I decided. Um, and so that was probably, that, that probably happened early that year. Um, in, in 2007. So this is probably right as I was turning 30, this might've been April, May timeframe that happened. And, uh, then the wheels just started turning where, um, there was a local businessman in Tampa that had been coming to me for years, wanting me to do something with him. And something told me it wasn't right. Uh, I didn't feel right about it. And, um, uh, the weekend that my daughter turned two that Saturday, uh, I think Florida State was playing Miami and there was a rededication. I'd helped um, a student organization of Florida State raise a bunch of money and we were going up to rededicate this fraternity house. And, uh, you know, I kind of said out loud in front of my oldest brother, he's nine years older than me. You know, I think I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. I think I'm, I'm out. And uh, he's like, I'll get in on that. And, you know, he turned to, you know, his, his, his friend and uh, longtime friend said, hey, you want in on that? And that was the beginning. So I uh, uh, that was a Saturday. I went wow. home before the birthday party with the family for Devin and said to Renee, uh, I got to I got to do this. And she said, no, I know. Um, she's like, what does that mean? I said, I don't know, um, but yeah. I, I know what it means if I don't. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, then I, I resigned. Uh, I resigned that Monday. Um, no income, no business plan, no model, no name, uh, no nothing. Um, and just said, you know, burn the boats. Uh, let's, let's, let's get out there and make some bad decisions. Uh, as they say, so that's really fascinating because there's a lot of uncertainty in the future, right? I mean, and, and you can look at it one of two ways. It's, it's uncertain. So I'm going to stay comfortable and do what I know works and I'm just going to stay here or it's uncertain. So there's a lot of possibility, right? Yeah. And so it, it's amazing for me to hear like, Hey, I didn't have a name, didn't have a business plan, really didn't have uh, just no income, just went for it, you know? Yeah. And so what, like what resources, what support, what was there an experience or something that you had that kind of gives you that perspective that when you see, when you know, there's uncertainty, you know, there's possibility, like what, what helps you connect those two dots? Yeah, I think what helps DMAC is um, nothing. I I don't think I had experienced a ton of certainty in my life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't have this huge support system around me when I went to Florida State and decided what I was going to major in that told me, man, that is a that's a great idea. Or when I decided not to be an auditor with PricewaterhouseCoopers and take that opportunity to go to the management consulting services practice at PwC where it was 90% coding and nothing accounting, right? There's no certainty in that move. Everybody around me yeah. could code. I, I couldn't code. I actually hated it. Um, and so I I've, I guess I've been in a position a lot in life, and I think it's a lot of where my brain is wired, is um, I don't seek comfort, right? I kind of yeah. want to do difficult, um, and I want to do difficult well. So I've never had a problem going against the grain. I've never had a problem of, betting on myself. Um, I've always been because of my family and my brothers and my parents, loyalty really matters to me. Right. So who's around me, you know, that's why Renee means so much to me. Cause she's, she's, she is there, her, she and I are there. Right. And, um, yeah. and so I think having just some people in your corner, 
Um, but I can tell you at different stages of ReliQuest, um, everyone in my family, um, everybody except Renee told me I needed to quit. Holy. So at different, I, I can't wait to, we're going to dive into those in the future, like at those different <laughs> stages of yeah. when people told you to quit, but that's, oh, yeah. uh, I think it was um, out of love, you know, sure, I mean, it of was, course, of course. Know, but, but it was still quit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, um, again, we'll, we'll talk about more that in the future. Cause I definitely want to lean into that and learn more about that. And, and just to kind of wrap up this one, I'm curious, uh, can you share, like, like what do those first couple months look like? Right. I mean, you just start, you just start a business, right. And we talked yeah. about not having this business plan. So I'm just curious, it's, it's now November 26th and you're like, well, here we are. Right. And so yeah. like, what, what did those first couple months look like? I don't know if you had a Christmas party to celebrate, right. Or I don't we know. Did. Yeah. We used to host oh, a, yeah, we used to host a bad sweater party, Renan and yeah. I did years ago. And uh, I made it the first for like West holiday party. We had one employee at the time in December. And uh, so I'll say, what do you do when you don't really have a lot of a plan? Well, you lie to yourself, right? So you, okay. <laughs> you kind of, you kind of stay busy and like, well, I, I found a, you know, 400 square foot office space. Well, I got to paint that office and I got to go get office supplies. I get, so you kind of just, just start, right? Yeah. Um, so hold on. So with that, so you first day or like how quick did you have the first office? Yeah, uh, I think at least that office in December of 2007. So, okay, so yeah. four days old. Four, you're relaxed. Well, you know, and, and I, yeah, so if you think, you know, Devin turned two in late October, yeah, told those guys at the end of October and then, you know, filed the company four weeks after I, I told those guys and then, yeah, sure. got space. And so it was, uh, off to the space, off to the races at that point. Um, so yeah, you just start, um, you start doing the things. I mean, I know that, uh, I knew that sitting in my room and pontificating about what the world would look like one day, um, it, that wasn't going to work. So you better start doing something, um, in yeah. motion. I always think kind of being in motion for me. Um, I think best when I'm moving or driving or, you know, and I think for me, I just knew I needed to get moving. I needed to get started. Um, and yeah. if I sat in my house and, you know, uh, talked about being a founder and an entrepreneur, then I might as well just stayed employed and never left. Um, so you have yeah. to put yourself, you know, uh, I don't know. I have to, you, you, you have to be under duress a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't know that then I have that perspective now looking back sure. then I'm just like, I got to do something. I got a two year old here and my wife and like, I, you know, we better better get get cracking i said i was gonna do it now i gotta do it yeah and i said that was gonna be the last thing but hearing you talk through that just reminded me what i think is a key key component of performance it doesn't matter like what you do in life it's decisiveness it is being decisive right it's not sitting around pontificating strategizing talking yourself into how you know good it's going to feel to create all these plans like anybody can make plans right anybody can anybody can dream yeah, <laughs> it's, it's being decisive and executing. Right. And so um, just talk just real briefly about how key that is to performance in in decisiveness and why it matters so much. Well, it, it gives you opportunity, you know, making decisions creates opportunity. It gives you a next a next decision. Mm. If you don't make the first one, you can't make the next one. And so if you're not moving, 
you're not, if, you know, if you're, if you're not deciding, you're not moving. And so, yep. and, and I know to build anything, you can't do that standing still. Right. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew where I was coming from was not going to take me to where I was capable of being. So, you know, I tell people all the time, had I worked for ReliaQuest, I never would have created ReliaQuest. Had I had been in a space like we have today, where there's an immense amount of opportunity to build and create and, and be an entrepreneur, I would have never founded ReliaQuest because that I would have had a way to chase possible mm. for that in my life, right? Yeah. But at the moment, I knew what I was in. I couldn't chase possible. So yeah. I had to go, I had to go create something create that allowed me to chase possible. Yeah. I love it. And I, we'll just wrap up with this point, like to chase possible, you got to create possible. Right. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Like, I mean, if you're going to chase it, you better create it. And so I just, uh, thanks for sharing that, man. Uh, and I look forward to having a lot more of these conversations going forward as we kind of walk through the history of ReliQuest and, and how we got um, where we are today and, and where we're going in the future. And a lot of the the psychological tenants and the performance principles we can pull from that, right. To make us all just a little bit better. So thanks for sharing today, Murph. Appreciate that. Man. I appreciate you as always, DMAC. Thank you, man. Looking forward to it.